This episode contains explicit content. Welcome to The Spoken World, a platform created by writers for writers from around the world. Storytellers should be appreciated. We literally write history. I don't graduate for six years now. Everywhere I go now, job turned down. And it is season four, episode two. This is the 48th episode to be produced on The Spoken World and we'll be talking about a very interesting topic. As some of you already know, in our previous episodes, we've interviewed sex workers from Nigeria and the US. If you haven't listened, you definitely should. Today, we will be talking to two sex worker activists, Mev and Carmen, who have created a community for artists in the sex industry. Welcome to today's episode. Sex is art. The first piece you will hear is by Maeve called My Pussy is Politics. My pussy is politics and it has power. It is inclusive and just wants to be included. Feminism will not be my medicine. Jess Phillips and Sarah Champion want me dead. I cannot wash the blood off their hands. I cannot unsee it from my family and friends. I see it in the glitter wrapped around their figure, pulling triggers like they know no different. It's magnificent, pole dancing and pleasers, yet the way we make rent is so significant. Hashtag not a stripper. Hashtag I need a sugar daddy. Vultures of social media culture. Appropriation of our liberation. Yet you're active in your activism, sharing squares on the timeline. Social justice is in season, but we are still the punchline. There is a violence in silence and I cannot place my finger on it. Swallowing conversations, barely finishing sentences. Fist fully pumped, mouth stapled shut Cause you can't come back from full stops After you've revealed too much And I remember the day they did this Shoveled the stigma until I shrunk Police tearing my heart open and hands together My father, mother and every significant other Loving me only when I am covered And smothered in something that they can understand Cause when you're digestible, you're acceptable They think I'm in love with trouble But they don't respect the hustle They wash me in feminist theory Then go ahead and leave me Wear full face like war paint Cause the battle I'm fighting is between pleasing people And being myself Their pain makes me feel shame Serenades plays at different points throughout my day My decisions are to blame Didn't feel sorry for myself before they made me I don't understand why everybody wants to save me My pussy is power and it has politics I can't do anything to cure the way they think I'm sick and I'm craving for saving so come be my saviour They think they are helping but they are making it more dangerous Stigma adds to the structure of the work They say they love me and have my best interests at heart Expectations filter through affect the fabric of our legislation Criticise my way of living, paint me as a victim Blame me and my mother but never the system (laughs) 
So I'm going to start with Maeve. Um, tell us a bit about yourself, Maeve. Yeah, sure. So um, my name is Maeve Joy. I'm a poet, actor, theatre maker um, and community arts practitioner based in South London. Um, I'm the founder and co-artistic director of Sexquisite Events, which is a community arts project for sex workers, where we look at processing experiences through art and use it as a vehicle to fight for societal change. Um, and I'm also one third of the writing collective Women of Words that aims to bring interdisciplinary artists together through workshops and events. Well, that sounds like a lot, and we'll definitely go through <laughs> each of that. <laughs> so, uh, Carmen, let's let's know about you. Yeah, so I'm mainly uh, a stand-up comedian and burlesque performer. Um, I've joined Maeve now to be co-artistic director at Sexquisite Events. Um, I also do lots of other things like writing and lots of things, <laughs> poetry, um, a bit of acting. And yeah, I, I also co-run a virtual strip club called Cybertees as well, which was set up during lockdown last year. Um, to give opportunities to sex workers who couldn't work during the pandemic. So, I did my research, and one major thing between them is their activism for sex work and their passion for the Sexquisite events. So, um, Sexquisite is a platform for sex workers to express themselves through art. It was launched at the beginning of 2019 to challenge the position of sex workers' rights and through the interview you will see how. So they host events and performances that showcases a collection of work by sex worker artists, online workshops for creative writing and dance, peer support, mentoring sessions that cover career development, marketing and branding and advice on exiting the industry. This includes transferable skills CV and cover letter writing. First things first, I wanted to know how they met and how the Sex Quizzit initiative like was born. I am quite curious, how did both of you meet? Oh my gosh. So it came about because I put a call out for sex worker artists for an event that I was working on. So the first ever event before Sexquisite existed, which is what Sexquisite would become. And Carmen was one of the first people that emailed me and she sent me this incredible comedy set that was just, it was so fiercely feminist and something that I hadn't seen before. It was great. So I knew straight away that I wanted to book her. Um, so we met up for a coffee and we literally got on like a house on fire. I was really like transparent with her. I was like, this is my first event. I have no idea to do anything. And she was like, chill, babe. I know what to do. I've done this like so many times. And she was like, do you want me to host it? Um, and then literally that meeting, she came up with the name Sexquisite. And I guess from there, it's sort of been history. <laughs> yeah. Well, Maeve was like, oh, I'm thinking of calling it Exquisite. And I was like, no, you should call it Sexquisite. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a movie, honestly. It was like a movie. <laughs> yeah, we were talking a lot about Sexquisite. Um, let's get to know what Sexquisite is about. So I'm just going to throw that out there. Um, who's going to talk us through that? Maeve, Carmen? Yeah, so essentially Sexquisite formed as a response to Foster Sester, which was a bill that passed in America that basically uh, prohibited sex workers from being able to advertise online. So this meant that they were like pushed into the streets and made it a lot more dangerous and contributed to the already dangerous structure of the work. Um, so it basically came about because I had to put on an event for my uni project whilst I was studying at drama school. And I was just talking with my friend um, who studied human rights law and she was telling me about this bill. And I was just like, 
why don't I put on an event that sort of incorporates sex workers and art? Um, I wonder if there's any like sex worker artists out there. So it became, um, we had the first event. Um, my teacher actually told me that no one would come and I should host it in my back garden because no venues would accept me. Uh, wow. But the first event had over 140 people and it was a massive success. Um, yeah, and from there it sort of built. So, and then I put on a second event, and we sort of attracted some collaborators. So we collaborated with with Radio Ava and East London Strippers Collective to host a pop up strip club. And really, um, it sort of came together in lockdown. So just before lockdown and the coronavirus hit the UK in March 2020, uh, Carmen and I were awarded lottery funding to run writing workshops with sex workers. Um, and then lockdown hit and we had to run these workshops online. And honestly, that became the birth of Sexquisite developing into a way bigger project. So after these writing workshops, we started employing members of our community to run dance classes. And since then, we sort of developed into this online and in-person community of sex worker artists where we host events, workshops, peer support groups. And we're currently working on a devised theatre project at the moment. During this conversation... Maeve and Carmen brought to our attention that how the media portrays sex workers is actually really inaccurate. And through Sexquisite, they try to tell the real stories from sex workers themselves. Um, yeah, so for the Device Theatre Project, we realised that, you know, the way that sex workers are portrayed in theatre and TV and film is not very accurate. There doesn't seem to be any sort of nuance. Um, they're either portrayed as, you know, highly sexualized. Um, or like down and out but there's no kind of complexity of like what sex workers are actually like and like sometimes sex work's really boring or really mundane and sometimes it's like really fun and sometimes you have a really awful experience with a client so like we wanted to write a theatre show which kind of encompasses all of this also um, is from sex worker stories so they're from real life stories so it's all accurate and also performed by sex workers so we have a chance to control the way that we are portrayed and show off our performance skills as well because acting is inherent to sex work we're mm-hmm. performing all the time and um, you know so we should be able to show that in other ways too but yeah so yeah definitely um, so our crowdfunder can be found on our Instagram at sexquisite.events and it's like the first link in our bio and we're really committed to offering sex workers paid creative work uh, so this crowdfunder is incredibly important in helping that make this project happen um, so yeah. I was going to ask a couple more questions um, about sexquisite and the art but let me just uh, go back to what you said Maeve well, you said your your teacher at that point said that you should probably just host it um, at your back garden because no one was going to accept. D- who did anyone finally accept you, or did you actually host it at your backyard? I I, I just I wanted to know. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh. So it was really crazy. I found, so this is my first event, right? So I was emailing venues. Um, I like went for like queer venues because I thought they'd be a bit more accepting. Um, and so, but some people, so they would be like interested in the event. And when I told them like sex workers were going to be there, they would be like, oh, I'm really sorry. Something's just popped up in the diary. So it was really like an uphill struggle trying to find a venue that would accept that sort of event. Um, and then finally, Bethnal Green Working Men's Club um, accepted us, but I had to sort of lie and say it wasn't a student event. Um, and on the night, uh, the promoter at the venue found out and she was not happy, but we've got a really good relationship now and we go back all the time. So that's great. But yeah, it really was a struggle to find a venue that would accept us. So you spoke before, Carmen, about how um, another reason you decided to take on this project of 
so exquisite is that um, people weren't exactly portraying the real life of sex workers and the art that went into mm. it, right? And we're talking about artwork in sex quizzes. So could you sort of like explain to us what that kind of art is? Maybe some of the complexities you were talking about before. Um, yeah, just every TV show that you watch, like I was watching Gossip Girl recently and like there's a sex worker in that and she's just not treated very well. And it's the it's all made about like the fact that she's a sex worker and like, I don't know, there's no other kind of, um, mm-hmm. there's nothing else to their characters. It's like, they're a, they're a sex worker and that's it. They don't have any other lives. You don't get to see their relationships with other people. You don't get to see when they're like, you know, making art in other ways or they're just doing the dishes or they're doing yeah. the emails. Like all you see is like a sex worker dressed up. It's always a, mostly a woman, which is not true. Not all sex workers are women. There's lots of trans sex workers and male sex workers. And it's like, they're kind of just reduced to that and not valued and kind of like a bit of a joke. Like even yeah. when, you know, when they go to the strip club in a TV show and it's like, you don't, it's sometimes you don't even see the exchange of money, which is a, a real big inaccuracy. And like, if you take a customer for a lap dance, like the first thing you're doing is saying, this is how much it is and you need to give it to me now. And they never show that in some of these, there's a there's a scene in Peep Show, you know, where Mark has a lap dance um, when he's on a, a work do and he's trying to like finish the work on his laptop and this a, a woman's giving him a lap dance and she gets really angry because he's not really into it. But there was no like, oh, we've paid for you to have a lap dance. Here's the money. And then people think they can come into the strip club and just get lap dances for free or that we're already paid to be there or that, <laughs> it, I don't know, it's just so inaccurate. And like, that's why we need sex worker voices because we we actually mm. know what it's like and all kinds of sex work, like not just stripping. Definitely. I feel like once you've been a sex worker, people just seem to reduce you to just your job and forget how multifaceted we are. Like you would never just talk about someone being a bartender Mm. and that's like all they are. But it's like when you're a sex worker, people will just remember that you've been a sex worker, you know. And I also feel like the media, they portray like one or two narratives. It's like almost this overly empowered narrative like, yes, bitch, I'm a feminist. Like I'm doing this. Or it's like, oh, my gosh, I need to be saved. Um, I'm a damsel in distress. Help me get out of this bad situation. Whereas like in reality, it's a lot more nuanced than that. And it really is just a job. Like some people do it for survival. Some people do it because they like it. Some people do it because it pays well. Some people do it because they're neurodivergent and they can't focus in other jobs. Some people do it because it's flexible around childcare. Like there's not one experience that can blanket statement anyone's experience. And I think that's what we really want to do with this Devised Theatre project. Uh, We're working with 14 sex workers from across the UK, Europe and the US and everybody's experience is so different. And I really think we want to humanize everybody's experiences and show that there's so much more to us than what society portrays us to be. So the media markets sex itself. We've seen it done in various works of art, movies, books, dance, poetry. We say sex is beautiful, but treat sex workers horribly. The art of sex is marketed by everyone else and appreciated. Everyone, except for sex workers. Why is that? 
sex is an art form, right? If it's incorporated mm. in movies, music, poetry, it's a lot more accepting. Mm. But when we take out the sex art itself, like in burlesque, stripping, lap dances, people are a lot more adverse to the idea. Why do you think that is? I think people are, I don't know, afraid of sexual liberation and like they will use sex to sell pretty much anything except actual sex. Um, I also so think that people are afraid of uh, women's sexual liberation. So like often it will be sex toy adverts that are most heavily restricted. Um, whereas like adverts for condoms are not and they shouldn't be, but we need to have a consistency. So yeah, I guess like, I don't know, people are just, I think we're taught that like our bodies are like shameful and sex is shameful so if you have if you ne- if you don't have a problem with showing your body for money then there must be something wrong with you um which doesn't make any sense because we're also using sex to sell other things and like be like oh look how sexy yeah. this perfume is oh look how sexy this lipstick is right. this is fine but like don't be a sex worker because that's a bit seedy we don't really like that uh-huh. like yeah. i don't know and i wonder if it's men that are like you know, making other women sell sex, you know, like creating these like sort of marketing campaigns, etc. And I wonder if it's like society just has a problem when a woman is sort of taking ownership of that. Mm. And, you know, like being pragmatic and just saying, you know what, I'm going to profit off this. And also, like, if you look at the way women are portrayed in the media, like men are allowed to be sex symbols and also taken seriously at the same time. So like David Beckham Mm. would be like on a massive billboard in his boxer shorts and people would still be like, oh, my God, he's a great footballer. They'd never be like, oh, I can't believe he's showing off his body like that. But then like (laughs) Hardy B like um, does this rap song with like and being overly sexual and people like have a massive problem with that. It's just... There's, n- there's no consistency. It's it's double standards, basically. Exactly. And what you just said, yeah. And what you just said, Maeve, about um, women's uh, sexual liberation, especially when it's like the men aren't giving them permission, reminded me of this particular trend on... Um, it was on Twitter I saw it, which was the um, silhouette challenge, right? So we saw women that went out there and were just having fun. I thought it was fun. It's not something I would do because I'm too much of a coward. <laughs> but that's just me. But I thought it was fun. <laughs> I was like, people are having fun and everything. And then, you know, we saw men that decided that they needed to take the filter out of that. And we're like, you have porn all oh over God. the internet for you to go and watch people who have consented to you seeing their faces, right? But you feel, you just sort of have that sort oh. of urge to take, you know, something that people That's were having fun with, take out the filters and then expose them. Like, that was what happened. I, I don't know if, no, you guys didn't see it. I didn't know about no. that. I knew That's about the silhouette so challenge, up. which it was awesome. And saw some awesome women I know doing it and did not do it because I just, TikTok is just difficult and it's for young people. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not, I didn't know about the filter thing that guys were doing, but I'm not surprised, which is just. That's just another way of like a man disregarding a woman's consent. That's insane. And then when this sort of thing happens, like the shame is always kind of like mounted onto the person that it happened to rather than the person who actually did it. And that is a completely wrong way of looking at things. Like, you know, if celebrity gets their their nudes leaked, it's like, oh my God, oh, you know, like they were naked on the internet. It's like, no, some dickhead like 
violated their consent and you should never look at those nudes if you respect that person i'm not going to be googling for i can't remember who it was the last time this big thing happened i'm not going to google mm. their news because they never consented for them to be out there if somebody puts their news out there themselves on OnlyFans, then yeah that but that's yeah. a different thing it's all about consent Definitely. I think sex workers face this problem a lot. A lot of people stealing people's content, like filming them on webcam without them knowing. Um, I I remember reading a Reddit forum a few years ago and it was literally set up um, for men to talk about how they secretly film sex workers and then they publish it on like porn sites and stuff. And it's just like this way that people not only see women, but mainly sex workers as disposable and something to sort of like just, you know, like do what they want with. And this is where we talk sexual liberation. If you're a listener who started somewhere in the middle and followed us up to this point, you might want to go back to the start and listen to Maeve's piece because we'll be talking about that now. So while we're on the discussion of um, sexual liberation, let's um, go to your piece, Maeve, which is my pussy's power. Um, quite obvious mm-hmm. what, what it's about we're talking about feminism and sexual liberation but I still want you to talk about what it means to you and what pushed you to write that piece yeah definitely um, I think I wrote this sort of a, a phase of just being really angry so there was talk of the Nordic model being implemented in the UK which is a system that's been well, I think it was first enacted in Sweden um, and essentially it's like it's a legislation that it's was created in an attempt to abolish the sex industry. So what it does is it um, criminalizes the clients for purchasing sex, and then it provides the women with exit strategies to leave the industry. It sounds good on paper, right? But as sex workers to survive, we need our clients to come back and sort of pay us. And there's nothing wrong with paying for sex, right? The problem is, is the way that society treats sex workers and the stigma around it. It's not actually like the selling sex of itself. So I was really angry. So in that first... um, I think it's the first verse I reference, like Jess Phillips and Sarah Champion want me dead. And I say, I cannot wash the blood off their hands. I cannot unsee it from my family and friends. And sort of I was thinking about how glamorized sex works become has become on Instagram and Twitter and everybody's wearing pleasers, like pole dancing and stuff. Yet people fail to recognize the roots of sex workers or even like sort of advocate for sex workers rights um it's all glamorous and you're gonna wear like all of this pink fluffy stuff and say like hashtag not a stripper um yet you're failing to actually recognize the violence of sex workers so that piece was sort of an indirect to people sort of portraying like the one a letter to like these feminist mps that advocate for our rights but actually they harm us and two to people sort of in like glamorizing sex work but not realizing like the inherent violence that we all have faced or will face um yeah so i'm just going to go back a bit to something that you said you said something about the feminist mps who think that they are helping sex workers mm-hmm. but they're actually harming them so let's uh, uh, go back to that um a statement uh, for a bit how do you think that that is yeah so essentially um so sarah champion is she a labor mp Carmen? yeah yeah uh, so she has strongly advocated for the implementation of the Nordic model. And I can understand where she's coming from because she worked on this 
case, I'm not sure if you're aware of it, it, with the Rotherham grooming gangs case um, that happened. I think I believe it was in in Rotherham up north. And essentially, um, a load of young girls got groomed and they got tarred as underage prostitutes and the law failed to protect them. And even a 16-year-old girl was put on trial and prosecuted, even though she was a victim. So it's absolutely awful. And I completely understand where she's coming from because she's worked closely with victims of sex trafficking. But on the other hand, I think that she's conflating sex trafficking and sex work like they are completely two different things one is non-consensual and one is consensual and they cannot be treated the same like I understand it operates in the same bracket of like selling sex and stuff but one like if you're being trafficked you're probably not seeing any of that money you're being abused if you're doing sex work you're earning your own money you're independent or with an agency it's not trafficking so we shouldn't be treated the same we need to be given like rights and protection so that we can work safely and I don't think it's a question of asking like why do we do this? Why this? It's it's bad. It's like, no, just provide us like the framework that we can work safely so we won't be killed at work. I was just going to say, these MPs who are really, you know, what's the word, um, persistent about us not doing any form of sex work, they're not out there campaigning for every employer to take on sex workers. They're not saying, oh, it should be fine to put sex work on your CV. They're not running schemes where big employers will take on sex workers as a cohort of sex workers who want to exit the industry. I don't really know what they're doing to to try and help people exit the industry other than trying to minimise the client base, which would force people to exit the industry due to it not being able to find any work, which doesn't really make any sense. You need to provide um, alternative viable options that mean you can make enough money to live on and the same amount of money that you were making doing sex work. And if you can't provide Mm -hmm. that, then people are not going to want to leave the industry. Like, and it's fine if you want to, like if you, if you don't want to do sex work anymore, of course, that's completely like up to you and like it's not always great it's not always a really fun job but like we have to be careful in the way that we we frame it and how we talk about um us you know helping people leave the industry rather than just making it reducing their client base so that they have no choice definitely and sex work is dangerous because of how people treat sex workers yeah not because sex work is dangerous it's it's because of how people are treated Mm -hmm. And that includes the feminist MPs that are like, you know, like advocating for women's rights or to reduce women's violence. It's just, you're still sort of treating, like you're not listening to us, you're treating us as second class citizens Mm. still. And that's still a problem. They're not treating us as equals. At the moment, they're trying to ban um, strip clubs completely in Bristol. So um, they're trying to reduce the SEV license, that's sexual entertainment venue license to zero so that um the two clubs would have to basically close where they wouldn't be able to reopen again after covid and it's like there were loads of women who work there who like need work are gonna need money when the clubs open up so why are you taking away their their opportunity to make money it doesn't make sense why would you not try and improve the conditions of the club rather than shutting it down completely and it's because people feel uncomfortable about sex if there was a shop that was employing underage people to work there that wasn't paying enough people um, enough of a wage that was making people work long hours you wouldn't just close all shops you would just you would say this shop is not treating its 
um, employees properly and it will either have to close or improve its conditions you wouldn't just be like oh shops are bad let's just let's just ban people from going to shops let's just criminalize the customers dear sex workers i want to flick a switch and take away all our shame it's sad that we are on the cusp of society yet the ones that buy from us live happily in it going to strip clubs on stag do's, making jokes about sleeping with prostitutes, but never wanting to marry the woman who uses her body to make her money. It's okay to be a personal trainer, but it's not okay to be a sex worker. It's okay to watch porn, but not okay to be in porn. The Madonna whore complex rears its ugly head again, as it has throughout history. Dear sex workers, We are everything and yet treated as if we are nothing. We are the pinnacle of desire and yet the dirty little secret you want to chuck us onto the fire and burn. One day our revolution will come and we'll burn out the stigma from your souls. Let's uh, move to your poem now, Dear Sex Worker by Carmen. So um, when and why did you decide to write it? What pushed you to write this piece? I think it was in one of the writing workshops that me and Maeve were running and we had a, a writing prompt to write a letter to sex workers um, and I just, I don't know, I just like have so much love for fellow sex workers and just wanted to, so like one of my, li- the first line is, dear sex workers, I want to flick a switch and take away all our shame um, and just like, just wanted to show that solidarity with like, all sex workers I know and how like even though we don't always have support from the outside we still have support from within our networks and within our community. So um, Dear Sex Worker and My my Pussy is Politics both talk about the stigma that sex workers face. We've, we've already talked about that about about the stigma so let's move into how you feel that Sex Quizzed is going to help liberate the art of sex work, how it's helping, you know, sex workers feel a lot more confident in the work mm. and, the, and the art that they do. Sure. I think it's ultimately about reducing isolation. So this does come back to the point of stigma, like sex workers are heavily stigmatized and marginalized. And often people can't be out to their family or their friends because it's dangerous to do so. Um, So it's about creating these safe spaces where we can come together and talk about our collective experiences, provide peer to peer support and also a creative space because we are multifaceted, multi-talented. We are so, you know, like we're so rich with experience and we have so many skills like people don't even realize the amount of skills that goes into like being a sex worker. Right. It's like you've got like marketing, communication, communication. like you have to have empathy come and help me here there's so many <laughs> video more editing skills. photography editing sending emails customer service is a massive one mm. um makeup hair and makeup skills like the things that actually go into like being a sex worker the emotional intelligence was be through the roof yeah that emotional intelligence 100 percent. that's definitely what it is you're navigating people's emotions and experiences i've had people tell me they're going to commit suicide before we end this episode Maven Carmen had one last message to send us off with. It shouldn't be revolutionary that sex workers want equal rights. It, do, it shouldn't <laughs> be allowed that you can be discriminated from a job because you've done sex work. You shouldn't be, you know, this woman was, was sacked from her mechanic job for having an OnlyFans, but yet 
the men at her work who were looking at her profile on OnlyFans were not sacked. Like, it doesn't make any sense. How is it okay to consume sex work but not be involved in sex work? We need to change the narrative and we mm. also need to change the idea that, you know, people say, oh, porn is really bad. It's not that porn is bad, it's that too much porn is made where women are not in control or women are being abused or people are having their things uploaded without their consent it's not the mm -hmm. thing that's wrong it's the way that it's the way that it's managed that's wrong yeah seriously i think i would just say listen to sex workers listen to our experiences um speak to people if if you have a friend that's got into sex work your first question shouldn't be why when are you going to leave just like listen do your research i think People are misinformed, right? And when people don't have the right information, that's when people are scared and that's when people are prejudiced and that's when people hurt people, right? Because they don't understand. And it's like, you've been taught sex work is wrong. We've all been taught sex work is wrong. And trust me, sex workers internalize that stigma too when we feel guilty and we beat ourselves up and it's not good for anybody, right? So it's just go away, do your research, be empathetic, listen to sex workers, come and watch our shows. Um, I guarantee that at least maybe something would have been opened in your mind after. People hate and fear what they don't understand, what they do not yet understand because I believe that there is always room to learn and relearn and hopefully with this platform and many more platforms like this we'll be able to open our eyes to the different things that happen in the world. It's not just black and white. Thank you so much for listening till the end of this episode. You will find links to Maeve and comments. Um, platforms exquisite in the show notes be sure to share subscribe follow leave a comment rate review donate to support us to continue to make the content that you love and enjoy till next time